The uphill climb continues for the Seattle Mariners. Up next, a four-game set with the Oakland Athletics at T-Mobile Park. Let's get you set for it here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Thursday, June 30th, 2022, and thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am your host, Tidy Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. We cover the Mariners over at InsideTheMariners.com for Fan Nation over on the Sports Illustrated Network. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E, G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash control the zone. We post two additional podcasts on there every single week. And if this is your first time joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, turn on the notification bell and give this video a thumbs up. We greatly appreciate it. The Mariners are beginning a four-game set with the Oakland Athletics down at T-Mobile Park later tonight. We'll get you set for that series. We're also going to be talking about some draft scenarios, what we'd prefer the Mariners to do. We're also going to look at the standings and uh, how far out the Mariners are from a playoff spot here as we near the uh, halfway point in the season. But first, let's get into this series. Four-game set with the A's. Uh, this is a big opportunity for the Mariners uh, right here. They are 36 and 41 after winning their third consecutive series yesterday against the Orioles. Uh, the A's have been terrible. No way around it. They are 25 and 52. They are record-wise the worst team in the American League. Um, obviously, they have some talent pitching-wise, especially, but this is a very beatable team. A team that the Mariners swept down in Oakland. Quite frankly, didn't have. Much business sweeping them down in Oakland, but after, especially in that that last game. Uh, but hey, we'll take it, and uh, hopefully that success continues for the Mariners into this series. Because Colby, I don't know about you, but I think the Mariners need to absolutely win three here, and I think it's a very real possibility that they could get a four game sweep. Opportunity is certainly there. Yeah, it'll be a little difficult. They're going to have to go through Montes again, uh, assuming he's still on the team by uh, by Sunday. Yeah, I think he will be, but you never know. Uh, Blackburn handled him just fine last time around. Didn't handle him so well the first time around, so we'll see. Um, Oakland's certainly got some pitching. so And the Mariners' offense is, uh, let's say, suspect. Um, mm-hmm. There's also the, the looming uh, suspensions. We know that's going to come down sometime in this series uh so we don't know if they'll be without jesse winker or jp crawford in this series uh because jerry depoto has already said that they will stagger uh those suspensions um we don't know if julio's going to miss a game or two but but i we we don't know a little tough to know how full of a deck the mariners will be working with Mm. uh can pitch but again your your favorite adrian martinez who's got stuff but it's his, his second career start and Caprillion. Yep. He was good against you last time, but he's, you know, and like I said, Blackburn, you kind of handled him last time. It feels like he's starting to kind of revert back to who he's always been. And then you have Montes and you have to try and find a way to win that game. Uh, but the good news there is you'll be countering with Robbie Ray, who's been, you know, sensational. So we'll see um, on paper, at least they, they should come away with three or four, but 
suspensions and injuries. And I mean, you remember they, they didn't have, they had Ty France for the first two games last time they played Oakland. So mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. Uh, the Mariners pitching staff, I feel pretty good about uh, Oakland's lineup is, is not formidable. Um, so I feel like they should be able to hold them down long enough to take three or four, but will the offense be able to, uh, to pick up the slack a little bit? I guess we'll find out, but it's not going to be easy because we know that they are going to lose either JP Crawford or Jesse Winker at some point in this series. Yeah. And potentially Julio. Uh, yeah. we'll see about that. Um, yeah, Jerry DePoto saying that, you know, they still haven't found anything that would suggest that Julio, uh, deserves to be suspended. So hopefully that is, uh, you know, addressed in, uh, in the appeal and, and, uh, the, the suspension is, is either erased or it's limited to just one game instead of two. And they basically just treat it as, you know, an off day for Julio, which he probably needs anyway. I mean, he's a young guy. He's 21 years old, but every, everyone needs a break here and there. And, uh, you know, he's played a lot, uh, here as of late. So, um, yeah, hope, you know that would be you know probably the the best possible outcome here, the most realistic outcome for for Julio. Uh, and if you're going to have him miss a game over the next week or so, probably best to do it in this series rather than against the Padres and the Blue Jays who are coming up next. And that's why this series is so important as well because you got two coming up with the Padres down in San Diego. It's a weird two-game road trip uh, that they're going to be going starting on Monday on, on, on the 4th of July. And then they come back home and they get the Blue Jays for four. Uh, and that's going to be a very, very difficult series for them. Uh, obviously, we saw you know how much they were just straight up outplayed in those first two games in Toronto. Um, and uh, that, could be, uh, that could be a series where the Mariners end up losing you know three or four uh, and hopefully no more than that. Um, but yeah, any, any sort of protection they can give themselves heading into those series, uh, is crucial. Um, and this is the way to do it is against the A's, the worst team in the American league, like I said. Uh, so, you know, they, they need to win three or four here. Um, and a sweep would be amazing. Uh, plus that would get them to 40 and 41, just game under 500. Uh, that's where they need to B, you know, they, they need to get above 500 here before the all-star break. And that would be huge for them um, because I, I would assume that they are going to lose a little bit of ground in the, you know, after the San Diego and Toronto series, just the right now with the injuries, the suspensions and just the overall talent disparity between them and the, and the Padres and the Blue Jays suggests that they're probably not going to fare pretty well in those series. So, but Hey, who knows? It's baseball and the Mariners do some, wild stuff sometimes so maybe they end up taking five of those six games or something somehow um but most likely you want to prepare for for some failures in those series and so to do that you want to win all you want to win at least three or four of these games yeah i a sweep kind of buys them uh one disaster series um Mm. So a sweep would mean that they can lose three or four to Toronto and still be on pretty good track as long as they split with San Diego. Um, so yeah, you know it's it's you have this four game series, the next ten games. It, it sure feels like you have to find a way to go six and four at least. Um, and obviously, if you win all four against Oakland, you only need two 
out of six against two teams that are uh, in they're, they're playing better than you, or at least they have mm-hmm. uh, throughout the course of the entire year. So we'll see how it goes. Like it, I think you have to win three or four here. I, I suspect we'll see Scott be pretty aggressive in trying to win tonight's game um, mm-hmm. because just having that, that first one in your back pocket increases your margin of error uh, significantly. So like I said, mm-hmm. we'll see a, a sweep is certainly possible. I never count on a sweep in a four game series. It's incredibly hard to do. Um, but it certainly is possible. And obviously if you're, if you're really looking to announce your presence with authority, uh, in the, in the wild card chase, then, uh, you, you probably need to take all four of these. Yeah, that would be the most beneficial outcome for the Seattle Mariners to be sure. Uh, so like you mentioned, um, you know, they, they, they're going to need to, uh, keep, you know, climbing this hill and, uh, you know, stay relevant in, in the uh, wild card race here because obviously the division that that's a long lost hope there. So uh, wild card is is really the only focus here for the Mariners in terms of playoff aspirations. And so we're going to be looking at the standings, uh, a little standings update for uh, for you, and um, kind of just look at uh, some of the teams that they're going to need to leapfrog. They got five teams ahead of them right now. Uh, we'll be going over that in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder: this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by LinkedIn. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day just like you do here every day we greatly appreciate your support so let's take a look at the standings here for the uh, seattle mariners and the wild card uh right now you know they got five teams that they uh that they need to uh leapfrog and uh but three of them this is the good news here is that three of them they're only a game and a half back uh of at most that's the angels the rangers and the uh, chicago white Sox. then they're uh, they're about four and a half games behind the Cleveland Guardians for the first team out, and then five and a half back of the Tampa Bay Rays for the uh, third and final wild card spot. And then you know the Red Sox and the Blue Jays they're kind of neck and now for the first and second wild card spot. So all these teams are are pretty much clustered together, uh, and uh, no team is really. Uh, distancing themselves from the rest of the pack and one bad week for any of these teams could really really help the Mariners obviously the Mariners are also going to have to play pretty pretty good baseball over that stretch as well but you know right now the Mariners have a pretty good opportunity and you know looking at their schedule just down the line over the next three months they've gotten a lot of their most difficult series out of the way the schedule is Fairly easy. Obviously, they're going to have matchups against the Yankees. They got another matchup against the Blue Jays coming up. Um, you know, there's going to be difficult teams. They still have to play the Guardians twice this year. They're going to have to play the Rangers a bunch. They're going to have to play the Angels a bunch. They still got the White Sox one more time. 
Uh, and they, you know, they got two ser- two more series against the Astros, but uh, things are starting to look a little more favorably for the Mariners, at least schedule wise. Uh, and right now, like I said, you know, it, honestly, if they do what we were just talking about uh, in this A's series, where they sweep or they at least win three or four, they might very well surpass the White Sox, Angels, and Rangers uh, this week, and that would certainly help with things. That means that they would only have to leapfrog two teams at that point, but it's still you know, very early. Teams are going to go up and down. It's going to happen. Things are, you know, that's just how things naturally go, uh, but the Mariners still need to dig themselves out of this hole. Um, you know, they they uh, were able to leapfrog the Orioles uh, with their uh, series win uh, this, uh, this past week. And so now it's just, uh, you know, it's just trying to get past each team one at a time. Um, so Colby looking at these standings, you know, just kind of how, how do you feel about the, uh, the team's chances right now where they stand? Well, thank you for finally allowing me to, to, uh, speak, but, uh, you kind of hogged all, all the attention there, buddy. But, um, no, I think one of the things we're looking at here when you look at these standings, uh, nobody in this in this conversation that you just talked about is playing better baseball than the Seattle Mariners right now. Uh, the Red Sox have won eight of their last ten, but they're not the team you're really chasing right now. Uh, you kind of look at who's playing well right now. Pretty much everybody in this discussion is four and six or five and five, except for the Mariners who are seven and three in their last ten. So Mariners are kind of trending up, albeit slowly. Uh, the White Sox, you know, we keep waiting for them to to wake up and, and be the team we all thought they were going to be. But that team is horribly mismanaged by Tony La Russa. There are some issues on that roster. Um, and it's just, you know, they they keep they're dealing with some significant injuries at the moment. So they're a very vulnerable team right now. The Angels, we know who the Angels are. We know what they're about. They're garbage. They're going to fade. Uh, the Rangers are going to get to play a lot. And you've played pretty well against them. Uh, but, uh, you know, you're going to have to play, continue to play that well. And then, like, like you said, you get Cleveland for, I think, seven games. Um, and is Cleveland significantly more talented than Seattle? No, they're not. Uh, so none of these teams are uncatchable. And, and, you know, we talk about some of the rough patches in the, in the Mariners, uh, you know, in the Mariners schedule where they have to play the Yankees. I think six times in, in nine days or something like that. Mm. Yeah, that's brutal. But you know who has to play the Yankees a lot more than the Mariners? The Red Sox, the Blue Jays, the Rays. Like, mm-hmm. uh, So those teams, kind of an issue. Cleveland has to play the White Sox. Cleveland has to play all those other teams too. And Seattle, by the way, still has plenty of games left against Detroit, Kansas City, and Oakland. Those are the three worst teams in baseball, at least in the American League. So there's a shot here and, and typically if we were five game or we were five teams behind uh, the a playoff spot this late in the year, you're already mm-hmm. looking at it going, well, it's going to take a, a minor miracle to, uh, to make this happen. But it's not because the day after tomorrow, you could literally be, you know, three games back of the being the first team out with 81 games to go. So the Mariners, despite it's not looking good, and, and they clearly shouldn't be considered the favorites. And I'm not saying you should get your hopes up. I still think they're probably like a 10% chance to make the playoffs, but based on where they were even a week ago, that's pretty significant. And because they're going to play basically every team uh, ahead of them, uh, 
semi-substantial amount of times, uh, they, they still can very much make some noise here. Uh, mm. They got to get healthy. They got to add some talent. Uh, but they are not out of this by any stretch. And, uh, you know, it's it's just one game at a time. Try and dig yourself out of the hole. And I guess the goal for today is to uh, surpass the White Sox. Yeah. Uh, so, like you mentioned, like you mentioned, though, they, you know, they got games against the A's, still plenty of games against the A's, including, you know, this series coming up. Uh, they got three more against the Royals. They got seven more against the Tigers. And, uh, of course, you know, the uh, that was, you know, they were supposed to open the season against the Tigers before the lockout happened. And so they're going to be making those games up uh, in the final series of the year in, in October. Um, and then, uh, you know, they got three against the Washington Nationals as well, who are, you know, one of the worst teams in, in baseball right now. Uh, and that's coming up pretty soon here. Uh, so, you know, things, at least schedule-wise, are looking up for the Mariners. It's just, you know, can they survive all these injuries? Uh, can they survive all these suspensions? Uh, and can they just play, you know, better baseball more consistently? And can they survive to, you know, all the way to the uh, to the trade deadline where they can get better? Because, you know, they have the tools to get better. They have all the assets that they really need to get better and get significantly better and to add more probability to their roster. But it's just, are they going to be able to stay afloat long enough where that's going to matter? Um, you know, where it still makes sense for them to do that. And I'm talking about not just adding guys that are going to help you in 2023 as well, talking rentals guys that are going to help you right now that are going to help you get to the postseason this year and that might not end up being you know back with you next year because uh, you're going to have to do some of that uh, if you want to be able to compete here uh, just from a cost of acquisition standpoint and just a fit standpoint as well so uh, they need to keep on winning games here like we said you know it would be preferable if they're uh, above 500 by the time the all-star break begins and um at that point, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, you know, they, again, you know, aside from the Padres and, and the Blue Jays series, the, the schedule lines up very well for them. Uh, they have plenty of opportunities to, to rattle off the games necessary to get above 500. Uh, but it's just, you know, again, it's about the injuries, the suspensions and, and just staying afloat. So we'll see if they're able to do that. Avoid disaster. More yeah, or less. basically. Don't, yeah. don't lose five in a row. All right. No. Even in that tough stretch, even in those tough stretches, you have to find a way to win one or two of those games just to keep mm-hmm. your head above water. Because honestly, even if we get to the all-star break, the all-star game and the standings look basically like they are now where Seattle still has five teams to to pass, but they can pass three or four of them with a good weekend series, uh, yeah. then Seattle's probably still going to buy. Um, maybe not as aggressively on the rentals as as we would like, but they're still going to buy. That's the case. And, and like you said, if they are around 500 and they're the first or second team out and, and, you know, they're only three games back, uh, then I think that all the rentals are in play. It's just a matter of whether or not the Mariners feel it necessary to pay the extra, uh, that Mm. it it costs to acquire rentals at the, uh, at the trade deadline. So, Next up, we're uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about next month's draft. We've talked a lot about guys that we would like the Mariners to target with their first pick at number 21, but we're more so going to go broad with our discussion today and just kind of talk about how we want the Mariners to approach the draft next month in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked on Mariners is brought to you by the Sports Card Investor app. Now, Colby and I have run a few card giveaways in the past, and they've always done pretty well, so I assume we have quite 
quite a few investors and casual card collectors tuning into us. You know, we have a great new app to tell you about the Sports Card Investor app. It is a one stop shop for all your card collecting needs. You can check the market activity and trends for over 630,000 cards, see all the eBay listings for them, and even make purchases right through the app. And with Julio Rodriguez adding to his AL Rookie of the Month bid with another home run yesterday, let's just say his cards have gone up even more. How much so? Well, you should download the Sports Card Investor app right now because it'll tell you exactly what you need to know. You can do it on your mobile device to find out. It's available for free on the Google Play and Apple App Stores, or you can go to sportscardinvestor.com forward slash locked on. This episode of Locked On Mariners is also brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. So I'll just ask you this right out of the gate, Colby. How how would you uh, like the Mariners to approach the draft next month? Would you like them to maybe go under slot in the first round and, and try to get up, a, you know, pick up another first round talent in the second? Obviously, that's easier said than done in theory. But uh, would you just like them to go best player available? How would how would you like to see uh, Jerry Depoto and Scott Hunter and crew uh, go after this? Just get good players. Mm. Um, it really is that simple. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting because the Mariners do have the extra comp round B pick this year, uh, but they did lose their third round pick. So they have a little more money in the, in, you know, available to them in their draft pool than they would have had normally. Uh, but it's not significantly because the difference between the comp round B and the third round pick is, I think it's 400 grand roughly. So it's not it's not a huge amount, but it is something that they can play with um, if they so choose. This is a, an interesting draft class because really the college pitching, which you know Jerry and, and his his crew have focused so heavily on, it's it's not great at the top. Uh, there are a lot of guys who are I would say belong somewhere in the in the fifteen to twenty five range, uh, which is you know right in right where the Mariners pick. So. Uh, but there's no like top 10 arms in, in, in this draft class, at least not from the college perspective. Uh, there's some decent depth in the college pitching ranks, but it'll be interesting to see where the Mariners want to go with that because traditionally they've gone college and they've gone college pitcher. Now it's not like it's been like 10 college pitchers to one college position player. It's you know two college position players early. There's been a prep guy. There's been uh three college pitchers with their first picks. So it's pretty even mix out of the six picks. So it's not like a huge difference, but traditionally they like to go college pitching. I don't know if that's going to be an option for them uh, this year. So you kind of look at what they want to do. I think this might be a good year to kind of do what they did with Evan White and Sam Carlson, uh, which is you take a guy at at 21 for slot or or slightly below slot. uh, And then you, pay your second round pick like a first rounder to get him to sign with you. And then the rest of the draft, you kind of look for, for very specific role players and very specific. um, You're looking for very specific, like 
uh, tools that a certain player has. Like that year, they drafted Wyatt Mills, and they really liked his the numbers on his fastball and and uh, the funky delivery. They thought he was a you know pretty safe bet to be a a good reliever mm-hmm. at the major league level. Uh, didn't really work, but nothing in the 2017 draft has really worked as planned. So sometimes that happens. So I I think they have a shot to do that here. One of the names they might do that with in, in terms of just you know second round pick. Uh, they take uh, they take Thomas Harrington, who's a guy I like. Uh, in the first, they're probably going to save six hundred grand or so, uh, and then maybe they grab you know uh, Washington's own J.R. Ritchie in the in the second round and pay him two million dollars uh, to right. forego college. So uh, I think this is a decent year to do that. But if they're not going to do that, then I would just go best college uh, bat available. Pretty decent mm-hmm. class for up the middle college bats. Yeah, I would like to see them go up the middle. That's obviously a, a pretty big weakness of the Mariners, especially guys that are a little more advanced, right? You know, because they got Edwin Arroyo, but he's still at least a couple years off. Uh, they got a you know a couple of other prep guys that you know that are uh, interesting, but they're still far away, right? So um, would like to maybe see a, a college bat that that comes up the middle, uh, preferably shortstop or, or second baseman. We've talked about quite a few guys, right? um on on that front and so um yeah because you know it's just like that's that's kind of a big area of weakness you obviously cannot have enough pitching so any any sort of pitching that 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 you can get um i don't know if justin campbell is still uh, an option there at 21 um but i like harrington as well uh you've talked about him quite a bit here on the last couple of episodes that we've done talking about the draft um, and then, yeah, you know, that's pretty much it. I mean, catcher would be nice cause that's another area that you don't have really any organizational depth at, um, aside from Harry Ford, who may or may not end up being a catcher. Um, right. By the so. way, there, there, there is a catcher that would make sense as an under slot first round guy. Mm-hmm. Um, his name's Dalton rushing. Yeah. Uh, he's left-handed hitter from Louisville. Mm-hmm. It's got some really good raw power and, Scouts seem to think he'll actually be able to hit for some decent average. Uh, good arm, kind of a fringe average catcher. Uh, because he's a catcher, uh, he has a shot to go higher than he probably should. But I, I think, you know, I I don't know if I would want them to spend a first-round pick on rushing to get, for example, J.R. Ritchie in the second round. But that is a way they could go, and it could make some sense. And, and I'm just using J.R. Ritchie because – you know, he's, he's a local kid and he is probably a late first round talent. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people that like J.R. Ritchie, uh, obviously, uh, especially for the Mariners, uh, because of the local connection and everything. So that's, uh, that's certainly a name to keep an eye on. Um, you know, obviously you like Zach Neto. <laughs> I know you're going to be pounding the table for him. Uh, so, you know, a lot of options there, a lot of options to fit what the Mariners are kind of lacking right now in the organization. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. They just need to get good players, like you said, um, no matter where they they position at. So uh, if they end up getting a third baseman or, uh, you know, some outfielders or, or whatever, you doesn't matter as long as they're getting really good value at those picks. Um I personally right now just kind of seeing how the class is is shaping up. I just like for them to go best player available. No need to necessarily go in with the intention of going under slot in round one. Um, Plus, you know, this year, I don't know. I I, I haven't seen as many um, picks or players looking as concrete 
as they do in in years past. Uh, it seems like the board's just kind of uh, all over the place for a lot of a lot of folks now, even with uh, the draft being less than a month away. Uh, so, you know, maybe you just see how the, the board falls and then just, uh, you know, react accordingly. Right. I, I think this is going to be a draft that is going to surprise a lot of people. And mm. traditionally, those surprises mean good things for uh, teams like Seattle. I mean, I, I, one of the drafts that comes to mind is Jerry DePoto's first draft where he's somehow able to land Kyle Lewis at pick 11 when most people assume Kyle Lewis was going in the top five. So yeah. uh, this seems like one of those drafts where money's going to come into play a lot more than people think uh, because it's not a, a great top end draft, particularly in, in college pitching, which is the safest way to go. A lot of prep guys early. So I think you're going to see quite a few money savers and a lot of guy, a lot of teams try and take advantage of the kind of the, the bulk of this draft where there are a lot of really interesting talents. So uh, mm-hmm. I think this draft has, a, has the possibility I wouldn't be shocked if, like, I don't know, if, if, like, Justin Crawford fell to the Mariners randomly, and then they have to make a decision on that. Like, I I wouldn't be shocked. Daniel Susak, like, I think somebody, I think enough teams are going to save money that a pretty good player, that there's a good chance that a top 10 value player somehow sitting there at 19, 20, 21. Yeah, and that always kind of tends to happen every year, right? right? There's always a couple of guys that were projected to go top five, top ten that end up falling into the fifteen range, twenty range, even you know second Somehow round territory. Somehow always to the Dodgers, like yeah. Somehow always to the Dodgers, of course. Yeah, yeah, it Yankees. just it happens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it happens, right? The 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 yeah. Rays always take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, so it happens, and it's what makes the Major League Baseball draft a lot more fun in some cases than other drafts, but also because they're so far away, a lot more, a lot more difficult to follow and a lot more difficult yeah. to really buy into getting super excited about. So yeah, the draft is never going to be, no, yeah, the draft is never going to be for casual viewers. You know, it's something no. that, um, you know, cause it's just like the thing with like the NFL draft, right. Is like, all right, first round or first overall pick, is usually going to be a quarterback in most cases. That guy is going to help that team and potentially even change the the face of that that franchise in general. I and mean, then uh, even Charles with the Cross NBA as well, is going to be the left tackle for the Seahawks. Yeah, you're going to see him week one. You're going to see, yeah. uh, you're going to see Chet Holmgren on opening yeah. night, like right away. Like it's, yeah. you're not going to see nobody get that gets drafted this year is going to make their debut before the end of the year, except for maybe Ben Joyce, who's a reliever. Whoop de do. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing too, is like, it's only relievers that, that actually, you know, in very rare cases, or if you're Mike leak, right. <laughs> you know, that are, that are going to uh, make their debuts right. like right away. And mm-hmm. so, um, I think, you know, yeah. Like, like the speed at which some like Logan Gilbert was an incredibly fast riser to the big leagues. Yeah. Uh, and he still took, I mean, the COVID year really doesn't count, uh, but he still took you know two, three years to get to the big leagues as a as a college guy. Mm-hmm. It takes a while, man. Yeah, it, it takes a, a really really long time for a lot of guys, even guys that you know come out very advanced looking. Uh, it takes them a while. Mark to, Yeah, yeah. By the way, good for Mark Appel, uh mm-hmm. last night. Got his first career major league strikeout. Uh, good for him. He's he's back in the league, back with, uh, and he's with Phillies now. Uh, really cool story. Uh, 
Yeah. All right. So that's uh, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day, Lockdown MLB Prospects host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts just like us. And with that, have a beautiful baseball day and we will see you tomorrow. Peace.